Hey everyone, it's Drew and Elijah here again, and we are talking about the topic of prophecy today. And we're asking the question, can we know biblically how to tell between a true prophet or a fake prophet? Or is all this kind of gray territory? Drew, why is this something that we're thinking about right now? Look, 2020 was a crazy year. We saw a kind of turbulence, a kind of unexpected, I mean, certainly COVID, this pandemic striking us that no matter who you are, where you are, or what you think about it, um, you're sure to have a lot of opinions and you're sure to have heard a lot of opinions, many of them that are quite, quite removed from each other. Everyone's very much aware of a sense of uncertainty. And as this happens, I think, we, we tend to look for answers. And there's a lot of people that are trying to, to predict or say what's going on. And when we're already feeling unsettled, I think it's much easier to um, want to look to, to such voices for direction. So today, um, my main goal in this podcast is not to give a concrete idea of how exactly we should view prophecy necessarily, but at least give us some ideas of what we can recognize so that we aren't just completely out in limbo when it comes to hearing a prophecy, so that we actually have some frame of reference for being able to distinguish false prophets. Mm -hmm. um, because we do know very clearly in the New Testament that we are warned of false prophets and teachers in the last days. And wherever we are exactly in terms of the last days and the return of Christ, we certainly know we're getting closer all the time. And I think this, this expectation in many cases just increases. So we want to make sure that we are wise and discerning and we aren't gullible and quick to take things that would clearly fall under the category of false prophets that we're warned to steer clear of. Mm -hmm. So let's take a look at the criteria from the Old Testament of how to determine between the false prophets and the true. The thing about prophets, biblically speaking, is they aren't stock market analysts. They aren't people trying to predict things and, you know, well, they got that one wrong. But, you know, at least, you know, over here, it seems like he hit that one right on. Um, it's you're either a true prophet or you or you aren't in the biblical frame of things. And part of that, I think, is because especially the way God spoke to his prophets, particularly in the Old Testament, it was clearly a direct unction from God. God, through his Holy Spirit, was giving them um, very specific and clear words to say. So I think you could say either these men are hearing directly from God or they aren't, um, as opposed to teaching or preaching where perhaps the stakes aren't quite that high, um, because the whole idea of being a prophet is that you're, you're saying God is directly giving to you some extra biblical revelation, at least in terms of how it's primarily used in the Old Testament. So you either are or you aren't, I, I, I think we can safely say. And if we turn to Deuteronomy 18, there's a fascinating passage there where it is discussing prophethood. And this is the word from Moses about how do you determine what prophets are false? And if the prophet prophesies anything that doesn't come true, he's a false prophet. Hmm. And they were supposed to stone him. Wow. Not just better luck next time. Keep trying out your prophet. You're showing some potential here, but you didn't quite get it here. Maybe next time you'll be able to actually have a real prophecy going on here. Right. And then Deuteronomy 13 goes a step farther and says, look, even if 
the prophet's word comes true, it's actually God testing you to see if you're going to follow God. Mm. If that prophet who prophesies something that's true is speaking against God and telling and telling people to worship him in some other way than what was prescribed. So theology comes first. And even if, even if something that someone says comes to pass, they were still supposed to stone him. If the theology that he was preaching Mm. was incorrect. Mm. We clearly have to see more going on in a prophet than simply being able to accurately predict something once or twice. Because I mean, look, we could simply have a bunch of people out there just shooting in the dark saying, I think this will happen. And that would be all that they're doing. They're just shooting in the dark. The simple truth is, if you have a bunch of people shooting in the dark, some of them are going to just, by luck, if we can say so, hit it right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what we're seeing in the Bible. We aren't seeing Jeremiah saying, you know, I think maybe the people will be taken captive and they won't receive deliverance. And then he just happened to be right. And now we remember him. That's not at all what's going on here. We're seeing Jeremiah clearly hearing from God, being told very specific messages from God to deliver to his people. And he wasn't just simply guessing. And then he happened to be right. And then, okay, now he's a prophet. He was receiving direct words from God, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And that's why we take him. That's, that's why he's part of the Bible, really, I think mm-hmm. we can say. And an example from, from life recently, I saw in the news an article about a California pastor who said, who is actually apologizing for getting the election wrong. He had prophesied that Trump was going to win, and it turned out that Trump didn't win. And so the pastor there from California got on the news and in some sort of press conference said, sorry, I was wrong about my prophecy. Hmm. And then he said, but I'm still a true prophet because I got a couple of other prophecies right. And he started naming off his past sort of accomplishments as a prophet. Yeah. And you know, that thing is that, that sort of way of looking at prophethood is just totally foreign to the old Testament. Again, it's, are we dealing with someone that's trying to predict just trying to make an educated guess at something, or are we dealing with someone that's hearing directly from God? Um, because again, inherent in the idea of a prophet is this idea that there's this direct revelation from God. And does God give us direct revelation that's false? I mean, clearly not. Um, it's interesting though, Elijah, um, if I can just run off, run off of this here, you mentioned mm-hmm. this, look, let's call it a false, false prophecy about Trump winning reelection. Biblically speaking, and I, and I know I, we can't completely, I'm not going to try to end this podcast, completely give a very clear defined idea of whether or not we can expect this. But there's something in, in, my, in my mind that just doesn't quite sound right about someone trying to use prophecy as a tool of predicting a presidential election. What do you think about that? Should there be any hesitancy? Is that hesitancy on my, on my part justified? Or should I, should I be open to God having prophets today? trying to predict who's going to win the election. I think we need to be asking ourselves, what's the purpose? Mm. You know, miracles in the New Testament were to prove that Jesus was the Messiah right. and then to prove that the followers were actually following a true, a true Messiah. Mm-hmm. Um, things like prophecy in the Old Testament had a clear purpose in mind of bringing people back to God. So in the New Testament era that we're in, we need to ask ourselves, is this just random advice or random clues about the future that have no context. And honestly, when we're looking at a presidential election and people uh, predicting, predicting who's going to win, I see no practical benefit there. Right. What do you think about that? 
Yeah. Like how, how, how would knowing that Trump is going to win reelection, assuming that was, that would have come to pass, how would that change my life and give me insight into my walk with God? Cause I don't, I don't, I just don't see biblical prophecies happening that outside of the context of that. So I, at the very least, tend to be skeptical, especially because we were told up front in the New Testament multiple times to be aware of, of false prophets. Mm-hmm. So another 2020 example, um, and this is something that just never ceases to amaze me how, how someone that can prophesy or predict something and then it doesn't come to pass can still kind of have some kind of credibility in it. I think of back in March 2020, right, when COVID was hitting us right at the very beginning, how, you know, Kenneth Copeland gets on his channel. He called into order a vaccination immediately and said, by the blood of Jesus, COVID was gone. And I don't understand how, if calling into order a vaccination immediately means it's going to take till the end of the year, till it starts to roll out slowly, and we might still have some complications. That's not my idea of calling into order a vaccination immediately. It seems that if that's, if that's, that's considered a legitimate prophecy. You can really say anything and just kind of qualify it somehow. It also doesn't seem that given how COVID continues to have so much um, devastation across the world and in our, in our own country, we can say that it was immediately gone. So it seems to me that it's making a mockery of the idea of hearing from God, honestly. Yeah. If you're, if you're saying something that's so vague that it can either be taken to mean absolutely anything or that it's just you're being flippant about hearing from God and, mm. and saying this, that, and the other thing that to, to anyone with an objective eye, it doesn't seem as if anything close happened. Mm-hmm. You're just really devaluing what it means to hear from God. Right. So can we call Kenneth Copeland a false prophet? I mean, biblically, if we're looking at, did everything that he said come to pass? Because that is the, the number one biblical criterion. Um, then we could say, no, he's, he's not a true prophet. He is a false prophet. I think some of these prophets also try to prophesy these very vague things that there's not much accountability for, you know, not to pick on Kenneth Copeland. Well, I guess I am. But he, he also said something about um, how prophesying that America was about to be reborn or something to that effect. And what does it even mean? Mm. And you could point it, he could come back later and point at anything he wanted to and say, you know, see, that was a true prophecy. But it doesn't really seem to be at all in keeping with the whole idea of what a prophet is supposed to accomplish. You know, there may have been a certain poetry that came with prophethood in the Old Testament, but it wasn't this vague, uh, this could mean anything so I can cover myself later sort of prophecy. Right. It was with a clear goal. And ultimately, again, that the, the central message of what they're going back to is you have left God and you need to come back. And that was the role of the prophets. Right. So, and this is where things get a little bit touchy and I'm still working through myself. Um, but how much should we even be looking and expecting to be hearing from prophets today to give us insight for how we need to live our Christian lives? Because we're, we're post, we're post, um, crucifixion, resurrection. And we see so many of the Old Testament prophets really there to foreshadow that, um, that amazing moment in history. That's happened. We, ne- we now have the entirety of the word of God. And look, I'm reluctant to say, I know for sure that there is no 
place for profits today. That's a very complex discussion that I'm not going to try to solve today. But Elijah, help me out here. I think we can at least say that we should not be dealing with turbulent times. I'm primarily looking around to see what voices are out there that are trying to predict the future that can help me feel more settled and at peace about my life today. Do you think we can, we can at least say that that's probably not a good place to be? When we look at the apostles' writings and the apostle Paul, for example, we are seeing him point back to the gospel mm. as the central thing that can help us through difficult times. Right. He's saying you're going to be going through persecution, but the God of peace is going to be with you, like it says in at least one of the epistles. And it was going back to the gospel, not going to, oh, you better have some prophets around you to help you get through these tough times. I think that's what causes me to have a very, very big question mark with a lot of the kind of prophecies we see today, because they don't, they just do not seem connected in any way to something that would, that would practically draw me closer to Christ. Um, again, what if, what if someone does correctly predict who's going to win the presidential election? Well, why precisely is that helpful for me? Um, I just have a hard time seeing the utility for that or the utility in knowing um, that, you know, I'm prophesied that the world's going to come to an end in 2028 because Joe Biden, this or that, or, or that, you know, I prophesy the vaccine will turn you into a 5G tower or any of these crazy things we see. Um, they're very much geared towards the sensational. And that causes me to be even more skeptical. Um, there's these kind of crazy far out there ideas that there's something there's something about them that tends to intrigue us, but I think we need to very, very clearly make a distinction between something that seems intriguing and something that has clear spiritual value, because those are just not the same thing. And yet again, as I see the most prophets today, it's very, very high on the intrigue factor, and it seems to me pretty clear that's why they have a following. So maybe to wrap up some of the loose ends that we've been discussing here, first of all, in looking at the prophets today that are prophesying, let's say, election results or prophesying things related to our current times and COVID-19, and when we're looking at these current prophets, the first thing is we need to be asking ourselves, are the things that they are saying, everything that they're mm. saying, is it actually coming to pass? And if it's not, if we can see things that are vague and, and even obviously false in many cases, we need to dismiss the prophet outright. And it's, it's not fair to the idea of hearing from God to take mm -hmm. people seriously who are getting wrong. Maybe just wrong. to give a point of clarification there. Um, I think that there's plenty of room for someone to look at history and look at what they think the state of the nation is and say, Hey, look, based on what I know about the country and the history and what I've seen God do in the past, it seems to me like there's a very good chance that this will happen. I think we need to, there's room for that, but we need to make a clear distinction between someone doing that and, and being wrong. That doesn't make them a false prophet if they aren't initially claiming that what they heard was a direct revelation mm -hmm. from God. That's really the, the dividing line there. Because look, I mean, I like to look at what's happening in history and say, look, there's a trend here. It kind of seems that based on what we're seeing here, it's a very good possibility we'll see this happen. And, I think we're free to do that, but we shouldn't be doing that in our finite understanding of the world and then say, you know, well, God told me, unless we know for sure that there's something going on there that is, is directly from God. And what about this concept of fake it till you make it in prophecy, where you want to kind of try out 
hearing from God and saying, this is what God said through me. And then if you get it wrong, we have a lot of grace for people um, to, to get it wrong. And then they just try again later and hopefully they get it more right next time. In light of our discussion, doesn't that, doesn't that seem incredibly um, unbiblical and really a, a, a wrong way of looking at prophecy? Yeah, it's a, it's a very foolish way of looking at prophecy, I think. Um, if you aren't sure, let's put it this way. If you aren't sure, like, wait, maybe this is from God. I'm not sure. Should I try this? Should I step out here and say this is from God? Don't. I mean, <laughs> I think we can pretty safely say if you're trying to, if you're trying to discern, hmm, not sure, maybe, maybe not. No, it just, we shouldn't be going out there and proclaiming something as a word from God. Um, and it does kind of perhaps beg the question, is there a role for any of that in the life of a Christian? And that's where, just to be frank, I don't feel like I have as solid of an understanding as I'd like to. So I'm going mm-hmm. to refrain from passing judgment on that. It's a very interesting discussion. Um, I think we can, I, I'll put it this way. There's at least a reasonable case to be made that we shouldn't even be expecting that kind of um, prophecy at all in, in our modern day lives. Um, I want to be careful that I don't prematurely say that, but I think we at least need to keep in mind that we don't know for sure. We can always bring in the fact that there were New Testament prophets who prophesied future events such as Agabus, mm-hmm. who prophesied a future famine. But the main point that we're, that we're making here is that this is not a central, this is not the central idea of New Covenant era. Right. It's, it's all about Jesus. It's all about the gospel and how that interacts with their life on a very practical level, level. And our relationship to God should be centered around the gospel, not centered around uh, spiritual soothsaying. Mm, right. So maybe just to bring a note of finality, if we can, I'm not sure that we can. <laughs> this is such a complex issue, but... Even if there's some question as to whether or not there's any utility for prophecy um, today, if it's, still some, if it's still an operative gift to be used in the church, we can say for sure that someone that's out there just doing a kind of hit or miss approach, um, we can completely discount that because that is completely outside the realm of how the Bible views prophets. You're either hearing directly from God or you aren't, and there's no room for let's try this prophecy thing one more time and see if I hit it. That's not being a prophet. That's just trying to predict the future, which, hey, go for it if you think it's fun, but don't, don't say you heard directly from God. Let's mm-hmm. be very careful about that. Um, and also, we just don't see much use for prophecy where it's not clearly tied to ultimately directing people to God mm-hmm. and causing them to cry out to him, which I think a lot of these prophecies simply don't have any, don't fit within that at all. And I think because of that can be, safely discounted. So yeah, I guess I just encourage all of us to be very careful. I know we're, a lot of us are nervous. A lot of us kind of feel that, you know, Hey, you know, 2020 brought so many unexpected things. What's next. Um, and that's where our faith can be very reassuring, not because it promises us that there will not be turbulence, but that we know that we have an ultimate hope and confidence that, that remains regardless of those trying circumstances and that we don't need someone to to let us know exactly what's going to be happening in the next five years for that, for us to be able to have that faith and reliance in in God's protection. And remember that God's protection is not something that guarantees that we will be kept physically in the ways we'd prefer to be. Um, But we can ultimately look to 
to God, knowing that even if things do get worse and worse, which they will, as he's, as the Bible clearly says before the end, that we can trust him and look forward to that ultimate day of, of restoration. And that sounds good for today. It's been interesting discussing this topic. Keep thinking truth. Mm.